Hello, everybody. It is great to be here again today. And my name is Gary Fowler, and I am the CEO, President, and Co-Founder of GSD Get You Done Venture Studios, Premier AI and Quantum Venture Studio, located in the heart of Silicon Valley. I'm a serial entrepreneur with 17 startups under my belt and over 30 years worth of experience. I was on the original management team at Click Software, which was sold to Salesforce for $1.35 billion and also EBITDA.ai. We believe that intellectual capacity is evenly spread around the world, but opportunities are not. And with that today, I'd like to introduce my great friend, Mandeep Singh. Mandeep is a serial entrepreneur, an angel investor, a mentor, an M&A advisor. I mean, he is one of the most connected persons I've ever met in my life. And we say about getting shit done, Mandeep is the epitome. He's the guy that can do it. He's incredible. He's an experienced board member with demonstrated history of work in telecom technology. He's skilled in people management. And yes, I can say he's very good at that process management, delivery and performance management with a strong operational background. With that, I'd like to bring on my friend, Mandy. Hi, Mandy. Hi, Gary. So tell me a little bit about it. Shows you went to Shivalik public school where is that what what city is that in uh that's a place called chandigarh uh gary it's uh, on the foothill of himalayas so about five five and a half hours of driving distance from delhi if you travel north nice place in fact one of the most beautiful cities in india wow that's amazing oh so you were in the foothills of the himalayas that is true did you and, ever go uh, into the Himalayas, Mandeep? Did you ever go every, hiking up there? Every weekend, Gary. Every weekend. That's what we did for fun back then when there was well, no internet, no mobile phones. All you did is get on your bikes and go uphill. That's what we, we would call it. We wouldn't even call uh, call out the destination. We would just say, let's go uphill. And that meant you could go up and stop wherever you wanted. Now, uh, did you ever tell each other stories about the Yeti or Bigfoot? <laughs> Because <laughs> that sounds like a good setting for something like that. O only, only when we stayed overnight, uh, Gary. Otherwise, a day oh, trip okay. uh, doesn't work very well. Now, there's are there a lot of uh, wild animals on the Himalayas? Do you see things? Well, to to since I was on the foothills and we didn't really go that high up there, uh, the areas we traveled were mostly already populated or semi-populated right as hills can be mm -hmm. so uh I, there were a lot of uh, uh domesticated animals uh goats and sheep and cows and stuff but not so many uh wild animals to the extent that we went to very occasionally would we come across a snake or a leopard uh on our hiking trips you would come across a snake or a leopard yes yes that's when we were went off-road hiking right so i don't know that's amazing wow yeah. and so how was it growing up in it, when you grew up in your town how was that was it you said you were bikes and then no cell phones or anything i mean for going for fun were you hiking and and fishing and those kind of things not so much fishing but hiking for sure mm. uh and uh you know uh driving around uh and kind of going to destinations that so-called people never gone before kind of thing was the big thing uh, those days, uh, especially when you were part of that city. 
there were other interesting things happening. It's kind of, uh, it was kind of untouched by all the kind of uh, stuff, modern stuff that was going around. So it had a place of its own, uh, you know, uh, as a city uh, and a culture of its own that I think I thoroughly enjoyed and soaked. Well, that's great. Yeah, it sounds like paradise. Yeah, it does, but it's uh, it's getting like every place else now. So uh, paradise uh, doesn't last, right? Uh, yeah, well, paradise lost, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you go from there. You go to the um, government college uh, for men in Punjab, and then how did you go? So you went to. Uh, rang Baxi, and then you went to Bank of America. What made you decide to go into operations uh, at Bank of America? So, uh, so you, you got this, Kerry. So, Rand Baxi was a finance and accounting job, and mm -hmm. I qualified as a chartered accountant, which is equivalent of a CPA in the U.S. Uh, but I very quickly figured out, uh, and that point, and again in those days, uh, accounting or finance wasn't as involved with business as it is today. It was mostly about uh, you know, post-mortem activity, right? In terms of things have already happened, it's your job to now collate the data and put it uh, out nicely or cut vendor payments based, based on decisions somebody else has made or reconcile banks if the accounting is uh, out of line. So I realized that uh, I had too much energy to be spending just in the finance and accounting and uh, figured out that the real way to do this is to be part of an operations team where real life decisions are being made. Uh, you're talking to the customers uh, real life. And that transition, uh, you know, fortunately happened uh, through a friend of mine who called me from Bank of America saying, you know, uh, we are looking for chartered accountants, uh, uh, building a new team. Uh, would you care to relocate to Delhi from Chandigarh, which is the so-called paradise, and, and join this team? And I said, yes. And then, uh, of course, uh, Things didn't stop from there. So I moved around uh, over 30 years into various roles, uh, operations, business development, uh, and starting with finance. Yeah. Well, so you went to, what made you decide to go to Spice Telecom then? So it sounds like you had a good situation going on at the Bank of America. So you went to Spice Telecom in the uh, senior manager of finance. Right. So this was kind of a, a homecoming back to Chandigarh. Okay. Uh, you wanted to go home. <laughs> I, I didn't want it as much as the home called me back saying, here's this job and we'll pay you a lot more than Bank of America pays you because telecom is the new industry. Uh, that point in time, uh, Gary, uh, the cellular telephony had just been launched in India and, the, uh, and that industry was paying top dollar to draw people from banking, from hospitality, all kind of industries. Uh, there was hardly any real telecom industry in India at that point in time. So they had to uh, kind of uh, get people from elsewhere. And I think that that was an attractive, very, very attractive offer because you get to uh, go back to your hometown with, with double the salary that you're getting in a place like Delhi. Where oh, my friends. God, that's great. Well, you were the you were the king of the town then, huh? The Maharaja of the city. <laughs> I, was, I was for a short, very, very short while, but here's the... Here's the punchline, Gary. Once you've tasted the uh, so-called the outside world, the hometown is never going to be enough uh, for you. So I went out to the big bad world again and uh, kind of even went uh, global with those roles, some of those roles. Yeah, well, you only spent two years back, so you got a little bored and had to go, huh? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so you go to 
So you go into Fidelity National Information Services. Then you move. What made you decide to go to Keen? So uh, Keen was again a step up uh, from after I spent about four years with the, the company was called eFunds then, which later got acquired by Fidelity. Uh, that role also uh, allowed me to spend uh, a lot of time in the US. I actually lived there on a L1 visa for almost a year with my family, uh, came back. And uh, at that point in time, the business process outsourcing or the ITES industry, as we uh, know it, was growing very rapidly. So there was a huge demand for talent, not just at the grassroots level, but also at the leadership level. Uh, so all of these are pull roles, right? There was no yeah. reason for me to leave eFunds or Fidelity, but the pull came from Keen saying, we are setting up this financial services unit, come in and join us. That job only lasted. You were seven. In the, you, where were you living, Mandeep? What city? So uh, in the U.S., uh, I was in uh, uh, Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, uh, but I also traveled to Dallas and I traveled to a place called New Berlin in Milwaukee. Uh, and then it got too cold for my taste. Uh, December, January, I kind of moved over to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. There you go. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Because I know one thing. When I was up in Minneapolis and it was January, I thought I was in Moscow. It was really, really cold. And, the, you know, I knew it was interesting, Mandeep, when the big thing was to go to the Mall of America to like have fun because it was so cold outside. It's like you lived. And I, I spent an entire Saturday in the Mall of America, you know, going to the restaurant, the little amusement park and all that stuff. Yeah, just because the weather was awful, actually. You're right. I, I remember going into that mall once every week for sure, if not twice. Yeah, and it wasn't just to buy things, it was just to warm up and kind of get some, you know, feel like you're outside, right? But in this That's giant right. enclosure, it was incredible. Okay, so you did that and you went to Scottsdale. <laughs> How did you pull that off for two months? <laughs> uh -huh. Uh, well, the, the project I was on actually was a, a multi-city project. So uh, I just had to be clever about the months that I choose. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice. And the, uh, yeah, I remember down there, uh, the point at Tapatio and being able to ride horses in the wintertime and have fun. It's just, it's an incredible place. Actually, Scottsdale's beautiful. Paradise Valley. Right, well, right. Uh, and then, uh, of course, got a chance to go all the way to the West Coast, uh, go to LA, uh, Vegas, did all that uh, around, Sedona, all of that places, yeah. So what lessons did you learn? So you go into these different places, came over the US, how different was it culturally for you? I think uh, a lot of lessons, Gary. In fact, uh, uh, if you look at my career of 30 years, uh, more than half of it is spent in uh, U.S. companies and other than Bank of America, which was a U.S. company in India and kind of was kind of localized here, banking by definition is, and this is prior to the so-called uh, internet age, the other roles were very, very involved. So the I was servicing the U.S. customers, uh, not just people I was reporting to, but people who were reporting into me were based in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So that actually had a, a lot of... Uh, impact on who I am today in terms of some of the cultural aspects uh, that came in. Uh, for example, you know, being able to say no or being able to 
say a timeline and, and let's stick to it, uh, being transparent, uh, being straightforward. Is it different uh, in India in terms of being able to say no? Do people not say no? Uh, if you've been brought up in an Indian family and I've only worked for Indian corporates, then yes, it is. It doesn't come naturally. Uh, so I think that that way I was but lucky. Th to when you're saying, if you don't say no, can you really do the do the job though? Or do they just say, they don't say no, but they can't really do it? They can't really do it. So they save getting beaten for another day. And then you save getting beaten oh for another day by uh, another extension. <laughs> so delayed, delayed, they delay it, huh? Yeah. So, so again, I'm, I'm not I'm not painting everybody that way, but I'm saying that is a distinct uh, nuance, right? You rather yeah, say well, it I mean, up there's front. a lot of places. You know, I lived in the UK for a while. And in the UK, they don't, uh, you know, somebody didn't do something right. It's like they're trying to, like, even keel about it. They never get, like, pissed off. Like, I never heard anybody... <laughs> But in the U.S., if you don't do something, you know, right, and you've explained it a few times, sometimes you do get a little angry, I would say, you know, and you have to, you know, just say, why did you do this? What's wrong? You know, we got to correct this. And in the U.K., it was so polite. It was unbelievable, actually. Yeah. Too so polite. I did have, I do have uh, seven years of stint with the HSBC. So uh, I can compare and contrast as much as Gary, I think you can. So yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Okay, so you went over, So you were the site CEO at HSBC, right? So in in Kolkata, but before that, uh, with uh, Chennai and Mumbai, the job really entailed making sure that three thousand to four thousand people who are working on various processes where they are servicing primarily the English speaking world. So, for example, a mortgage shop. In, uh, in, in Kolkata was servicing mortgages for Canada, US, UK, Middle East, India, Australia, all of them in one place, right? Uh, and similar 10 other processes, KYC, fraud, analytics, uh, IT help desk, making sure everybody knows what they're supposed to do and the center runs the way it's supposed to. So this is like the uh, presidential role in which uh, functionally people will report elsewhere, but geographically they are all aligned to you. So if there's trouble in Kolkata, then uh, London knows the first guy to call is uh, Mandy. In that sense. Ah, I got it. Okay, so you, then you went to, what made you to go from a site CEO to Tech Mahindra as a contracts director? So uh, th that's where I, I did take a break. In fact, uh, in my mind, uh, so uh, Gary, I was I started to invest in startups in 2016 when I was still with HSBC. And in 2018, I thought uh, I wanted uh, a different life, which is the life that I'm leading now. But 2018 was in some sense too soon. So in 2018, I uh, was still kind of in a mode, should I go back to corporate? Should I stay uh, being an entrepreneur and uh, you know self-employed person myself? Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's when I got lured back into Tech Mahindra. And for a good reason, I ended up signing a billion dollar deal with uh, uh, an insurance company, a global insurance company across 11 different countries. Took me 18 months to stitch that deal. And I came out at the back of having signed that deal. And when COVID hit, to again lead the life that I wanted, which is be self-employed and be part of the startup ecosystem as an investor, mentor. And then I picked up a trade later on being an M&A advisor. Wow, that's amazing. So how is it different? So Mandeep, so today in your life, how does how does it feel? Because I know that, you know, when you're working for core, I did the corporate stint with HP for a few years. 
And I know it was kind of funny. We'd have meetings to talk about meetings. It was was interesting. And it was like, and all the politics, it was kind of funny because I was an entrepreneur listening to the politics. It was kind of unusual to hear everybody like positioning themselves. Was it like that for you? It was like that. But Gary, I, I have seen a dramatic change because two things happened for me simultaneously. My leaving the corporate world after 30 years and becoming self-employed coincided with COVID coming in where the life that we lead now, a lot of it is led virtually, uh, has become a way of life, right? So in some sense, it's these two things combined together that have now made uh, uh, it really possible for, you, for me to enjoy what I'm enjoying right now. Because think about it, if I was a consultant or an advisor in a pre-COVID world, I could probably do a transaction a day. Now I'm able to do six or seven because it's just one hour meetings and people stay focused to the point, right? In the meetings that you set up, there is a bit of chit chat uh, that happens, but you know, 50 out of one hour, 50 minutes out of one hour will be spent on the subject that you set up the meeting for, which is in the world that I was living in uh, earlier, as you rightly said. So I think the, both the changes put together uh, somehow uh, have meant that this is now a much more rewarding proposition being on your own, as far as I'm concerned, at the stage I am at. No, that's great. I, I agree with you 100%. It's, you know, it's kind of funny because about seven years ago, I was one of the early, early Zoom users. And I got it from the one of the VCs that funded uh, Eric at Zoom. And I'll never forget it. I got the link and I would send it out to people and people say, why do I want Zoom? I already have Skype. Why do I need this? Sorry, I got WhatsApp. Why do I need this? And I said, because it's really good. No, I don't want another one. <laughs> I don't want to download another one. And all of a sudden, people start. I saw it right from the beginning. It was unbelievable. And then one person would use it. Then we'd talk. And then they would get another one. And this viral effect, it was incredible. But you're right. Even StreamYard, which we're on right now, was developed in Canada in, I believe, 2018. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our world's changed. And we, you're right. We can be a lot more efficient than we used to be. Because our time is really optimized, you can be wherever. You don't even know where somebody is anymore. Correct. Absolutely. And it doesn't really matter. The backgrounds can reflect wherever they are or not. Right. So you went down through. And, so now tell us a little bit about, you know, you're an angel investor and mentor. You've got more than 70 companies, startups globally. I mean, you're incredible uh, in terms of uh, integrating with those companies and convincing them. How do you how do you meet all the companies, and then how do you get a portfolio of over seventy startups? So, so Gary, this wasn't built in a day, right? I've been uh, doing this since twenty sixteen, so that is almost six years now of uh, uh, investing in companies. Uh, uh, while I was in the corporate uh, job, I mean, the job was only being an investor, and you know, an occasional chat over a weekend, once a month with the founder. Uh, But once I quit in June of 2020, uh, this became my full-time indulgence. Uh, And as I start to do this more, more comes back to you uh, in the form of, uh, you know, references that come. Uh, Founders who who I have funded will refer their friends who will come and uh, talk to me. I work with the GSD as a mentor. There is a Singapore-based accelerator that I work with. There is also a couple of Indian accelerators I work with. I'm part of three or four syndicate groups in India. Uh, so all of that uh, makes sure that I have a constant flow of uh, uh, deals that come my way. I work with Venture Garage, where I'm the leader for MA. Uh, 
they get their own set of deal flow, all of which invariably flows to me. So that way, there's a whole network that comes into play. And you and I both know, Gary, the the, the trick in this game is to, uh, you know, not kind of invest in every company, but look for good opportunities to invest. And then one or two or three of them will make it worth your while all the way. So I, so I have taken small bets, uh, most of them less than or equal to $10,000 in one company. Uh, my, uh, and you know, now that the numbers breached about 70 companies, the idea is that five or seven of them will become half a million, one million kind of return uh, back to me or even more. No, that's great. And what what do you look for when you look at a company, Manti? So I think the uh, one is, of course, who's the founder and the set of founders. Then what the idea is, is, is it all, is it something that is a copy paste from another place or is it a new idea? Uh, is it uh, something that's, uh, that's a lot more meaningful or is it just a, another play of, let's say, a cloud kitchen uh you know, uh, or just another direct-to-consumer brand. So I look at uh, the idea from that standpoint. If it was to be successful, can it become uh, 500x or 1,000x as opposed to having, uh, you know, finishing at, a, let's say, a 10x kind of a thing. So yeah. uh, my idea is to uh, look for those uh, founders' uh, ideas which can rapidly scale. Uh, I don't care if they fail, to be honest, because that's, baked into my investment thesis that uh, out of every 10 investments I make, two or three will just go down to zero. But there are others who will just return the money. Uh, the one that I'm looking for is which one of those will give me 50x, 100x. So that's, that's it's a, it's a, it's a have combination. You, have you had any 50 to 100x returns? I'm sitting on one, uh, which is 50x plus. I'm sitting on one, which is 30x plus. I'm sitting on a couple, which are 20x plus. So... Uh, but I haven't exited yet, so who knows? I may get that uh, three-digit X uh, return uh, sometime in 2022 or how long? How long does it take from the time you get in to the time they exit? What do you think? How many years? I, I think the average is about five years. You mm -hmm. can be very lucky if you get it in three. Uh, but if you don't get it in five, then that's kind of delayed. So average would be about five years, uh, Gary, from my standpoint. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what excites you? What kind of technology companies excite you, Mandy? So uh, I'm a fintech guy, uh, been mostly in BFSI and technology companies, but actually it's the health tech uh, biotechnology, which is more exciting for me for some reason, because it does something to the human uh, body per se from a disease prevention or, you know, uh, finding out uh, new ways of, uh, uh, you know, making this life better, live longer, live healthier kind of themes. So a lot of my investments are uh, uh, in that area. That's probably the... Most the older part. we get, the more we think about it, don't we, Mandeep? Absolutely, absolutely. Because uh, once you start to invest, then you are able to compare, contrast your own uh, thesis about uh, which ones to uh, invest in and which ones may not uh, go as the founder proclaims that they may. Uh, mm -hmm. becomes sharper because, uh, you know, uh, it becomes kind of a sweet spot for one to make a decision around. So there's a lot of activity in India. What's happening there right now? Because it's like, you know, compared to three years ago, it's incredible. What, what's going on? Why is there so much activity? So I think, Gary, this is a, this is a, a confluence of a lot of things uh, together. Uh, 
uh, you know, under the uh, current government, there's a lot of move for the informal sector to become part of the formal sector. Mm-hmm. So, so, so first of all, India it's, is, is a growing economy, right? So there is a growth that happens. Then there is this shift that is happening from the informal economy to the formal economy. So therefore, the corporates are gaining and the startups are gaining because they are, uh, let's say there is 10% growth. There's also 10% shift. So that is 20% growth for the corporates and startups to uh, take their share from. So that, that's kind of the one theme. <clears throat> the other theme is that the uh, startups uh, now to set up a business, it's just to become a lot more easier because a lot of what you had to build from scratch earlier is now plug and play. You want to set up your own shop, set up, figure out what you're going to sell, everything else, the payment, the customer interaction part of it are all plug and play uh, things that can be attached to uh, your company. So the technology has made it uh, easier. The other thing is uh, uh, the lot of tech resources and there's a growing gig economy, right? So some of some these things <clears throat> kind of complement each other. For example, uh, a company like Zomato, which relies on technology to to map every restaurant anywhere in India and I have its menu card and have delivery ready. But there's also this guy on the bike who's going to do it for you in less than 30 minutes, right? So mm-hmm. the abundance of tech guys and the uh, gig economy guys uh, is another reason that uh, it's, it's coming together. And of course, the fact that uh, at this point in time, uh, at the back of COVID, there's a lot of money chasing uh, startup ideas. The risk capital is abundantly available, uh, pretty much like my own thesis, where when I invest in 10 companies, I want one or two to give me 50x, and I don't care if two or three don't uh, succeed. That's yeah, so well, that means you got to spread it out. <clears throat> got to spread it out. That's also the VC's mentality, right? So a lot of the ideas are getting that money, and the ones which are uh, becoming successful uh, have picked up the right problem, have the customers coming back to buy over and over again are the ones that you're seeing as uh, unicorns in India today. No, that's great. Well, we're coming up to the uh, end of the show. So closing thoughts, Mandeep, and how do people get a hold of you? Oh, my uh, email ID uh, is available. Uh, MandeepMSingh at the rate yahoo.com. That's, uh, that's the email ID I use for pretty much everything else. For my uh, mergers and acquisition practice, I have another ID, Mandeep at the rate VentureGarage.in. Uh, we could publish both of these, uh, you know, uh, once we uh, get this uh, uh, telecast out. Uh, and yeah, uh, connect with me. Uh, quick exchange of emails, WhatsApp, and, and and we are in business. Any closing thoughts? No, Gary. It's been lovely uh, working uh, with GSD uh, as a, as a mentor. Uh, I have referred some of the companies uh, to the uh, to your cohorts who've, who've had uh, some stunning learnings in terms of uh, you know becoming global themselves and see have seen some success on uh, go to market and funding and I think uh, that uh, good work uh, needs to continue. The other part about just what you and I do I think very very important because the founders who ha- who have the uh, idea set up a company. Uh, do need people like this in the uh, people like us in the ecosystem to <clears throat> handhold them, share our experiences, mentor them, advise them. Uh, 
for for them to become successful that's part of kind of the give back that we have as well some of it does result in money but uh, i think 70 80% of what i do is actually pro bono today uh, and i'm happy for that ratio to continue yeah you know you're right about it because one of the things you know i know when i started my first company i had zero clue the only thing mm-hmm. i had a basic rule if you put a dollar in you get $2 back and so it was my fundamental rule. I didn't know that much. I was a, my undergraduate degree was in liberal arts uh, and master's degree, but I did have some experience in, you know, took business courses too. But one of the things is you don't know till you start a company. And so yeah. how to be able to raise money. I didn't, somebody came up to me when, when I started my first company and said, well, geez, because I was getting personal loans. I would get loans instead of raising, you know, uh, venture rounds. I would get loans and they, and they said that one of the banks said to me, well, we can take equity in your company. We'll give you money and take equity in your company. And I'm like, why would I do that? I get to still pay you back. It makes no sense to me. I don't want to do that. So they said, well, okay, well, how much do you want? And so I started down that, but having people just like yourself, Mandeep, that have incredible experience that can guide the startups along is very helpful because that is the difference between success and failure. You know, the spray and pray approach where you put 10 in without knowledge is really difficult. But having that profound knowledge with the best companies in the world and some of the best teams in the world, make sure that you not only you have success, this team has success. and They can really move that company on a global basis. The world, we need to make the world a little bit better place. We've done, there's a lot of challenges out there today. We got to breed some goodness, some kindness and some empathy together. So for all my friends out there, stay happy, stay healthy, and stay safe. My name is Gary Fowler, and I'm the host of GSD Presents Silicon Valley AI and Tech. And it was an honor to have the great man deep here today. We love this guy. Let's keep going forward. Startups, reach out to me and deep, reach out to myself, and let's, as always, get stuff done. Take care of yourself and stay tuned for another exciting edition on Thursday of this week. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks, Mandy. Thank you.